At times, we all feel lost in search of something more. This is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, a podcast designed to help inspire and guide you forward through everything spirituality, creativity, art, and just giving you a sense of empowerment so that you can be powerful, be magical, and be free. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. So we're flipping the script a little bit today. Um, I am Rebecca Muir. I work here at Liberate, wear a few different hats, but I'm going to be interviewing Liberate's founder and podcast host, Christina Dam, today because she just released a brand new book, and it's so exciting. It's called Liberate Yourself, How to Accept Your Past, Let Go of Judgment, ooh, that's a big one, and Live the Life of Your Dreams. So Liberate Yourself, the brand new book, same title as The Shop. Welcome to your own show, Christina. (laughs) So excited to be chatting about this with you. How are you you. feeling? Your book's out. Yeah. (laughs) And it it was a really original title. What do you say, right? Like even original artwork. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very original. Kind of looks like this. Kind (laughs) of looks a little bit like this. We got some nice mountains there in the background, though, for like a little bit of a Zen nature vibe. Yeah. Definitely. So, um... How do you feel? This has been something you've been working on for a long time and not very many people have known that oh, you've yeah. been working on it. So, yeah, the, this this book, I want to say it's like six, seven years in the making. And, you know, I actually went to write this book. God, it must have been like six, seven years ago. And now it was during COVID and I had it. It was done. It needed to be edited. It needed to find a publisher. Um, and it was sitting there just, you know, saved on a hard drive for years. And, you know, like many people during COVID, it's like revisiting, you know, those loose ends and the things that you haven't finished and mm-hmm. the things that you've started and that you wish that you would just complete. Right. And so I was looking back over, you know, kind of some skeletons in my closet or these unfinished things and saying, OK, you know, I all why why do this and why put in all of this effort and work not to have it actually make it into printed form. And so with the help of Rebecca getting me through and pushing me and saying, all right, let's schedule some time because I got to get these notes to the editor and then, you know, back and forth. And, you know, Rebecca was really hand in hand helping me get there through every step of the way. I mean, I really, you know, uh, Thank you for your support on this. You are most welcome. Um, It's interesting because I didn't know you were writing a book for a little while either. And then I'm like, oh, it's called Liberate Yourself. Like, so the title is fairly self-explanatory, but there's a lot more to say about the book than just what's in the title. So how to accept your past, let go of judgment, and live the life of your dreams. And what a lot of people have been saying about the book is that it is basically kind of like therapy in a very accessible, simple, like clear format. So you've been a therapist for many years, both in conventional, like conventional types of therapy and then a lot of unconventional Mm -hmm. types of holistic healing. So we haven't even, most people that are watching this may know a little bit about Christina, but she is the founder of Liberate Yourself, which is a wellness, spiritual healing center you're also a hypnotherapist, mm-hmm. you're um, a pranic healing energy healer, 
Um, and as well as an entrepreneur, you have a tech company, you do a lot of different things. So in your words, like, who are you? Who is the person that wrote this book? <laughs> oh, whew, that's, a, that's a tough question, right? I mean, I guess I'm, you know, at the core, I'm just somebody making it through life, being <laughs> excited about, you know, what different things we can learn discover and healing and working through my own stuff that comes up along the way but you know I really look at life as is a playground and I look at you know I wear many different hats and have tried many different things in my life uh, because I, I think I owe it to the therapy work that I've done on others and they say when you work on others you also work on yourself right but also like I mean, without exaggeration, I probably, I, like, definitely in the tens of thousands of people I've, I've done sessions on, whether in group work or one-on-one -on -one therapy. And everybody's story, you know, it can be, it can be filtered down to, you know, I, I mean, I get it, everybody thinks that they're super complicated, but they're not, you know? <laughs> the, 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 I, you know, it doesn't matter whether, you know, I've, I've, I've been honored to work with some of the most successful people in America or the world, you know, they said that there's only 400 billionaires and I've been either mentored by uh, two of them or done therapy on one of them, you know? And so it, that's the highest echelon. And then I have people that I've worked with at, at rehab facilities that are unhoused and, you know, uh, just trying to figure out their next meal. You know, and so everything in between. So I mean, I give that as far as the the income level of differences, and then you can go into all different types of career fields and everything like that. But the foundation of what makes people feel unfulfilled, unhappy, or stuck in their life, not taking action, boils down to the same things, right? And you know, you peel it away, and I like to say that there's a core issue. And that core issue, somewhere between the ages of three to five, something happened that shattered your world and the way that you perceive yourself. And suddenly things are unsafe, you're not okay, um, you're not good enough, you're unworthy. Something happens and you, you plant this seed. And the seed starts to grow inside of you when you start to filter your whole entire life through that lens. And you can say like, oh, well, why would I want to do that or that? It happens unconsciously. It's like a survival mechanism, it right? It is, yeah, yeah, because that wound becomes so deep and then you believe it to be true. And it's important to note that you see what you believe. You don't believe it when you see it, you see what you believe. And so as long as you have a belief system that you feel that you're undeserving, inadequate, or not good enough, whatever that case may be, you're gonna to continue to filter the way that you go into an environment, the way that you interact with friend groups or circles, the way that you interact with, you, with teachers or mentors or whatever it is in your life, and you're going to have that filtered seed. Now that's gonna cause this paralysis of this true heart's desire to manifest. It's gonna cause you to do things that maybe you don't wanna do because you're seeking approval or worth. And as a result, you have a slightly unfulfilled or undesirable life, right? And that can be become greatly unfulfilled and undesirable and create like massive destruction in your life or it can be the subtle like, you know, this. And that then, turns into 
this inability to take action in one's life and to feel like, I don't know, the, I like to say that most people spend too much time looking from the outside world into their, into how they're, they're being perceived instead of from their eyes going out into the world. And in that it stops them. They might think that they're too old or too young or too this or too that to try different things. So going back to your question about like maybe who am I or you know what what that is is like I think that filtering through everything I realize that it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you never have uh, studied or did this one thing you know you can learn it. You have the ability to learn and when you stop worrying about the judgment and you just get into the excitement of that new thing you can bounce in and dive into a whole bunch of different things and i think you know so i mean maybe i do too much because i'm so overwhelmed by like the excitement so you know i dive into real estate or i dive into <laughs> film and and then and then i'm you know i have a couple scripts that i've wrote and then i have this like a book and then i like have the stores and a tech company and then i'm doing this or that you know and i'm like all over and i'm like maybe i'm gonna open a restaurant next and i'm like you know it's it's but why not? Why not? I love that. And and that's and then we, yeah. we peel the layers away from people and it frees them. So really what is this? It's 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 a benchmark liberate yourself but it's a re really it, it, it's it's a tactical practical step by step way to free yourself to be yourself. And the steps basically include all of your favorite tools that you found along your very long and meandering journey. So like you said, you're literally all over the place. Like you're involved in multiple entrepreneurial endeavors, creative endeavors, um, healing endeavors through like so many different healing modalities too. So we said conventional and unconventional. The toolkit that you have, the toolbox that she has is big. It's really, really big. And so you've taken all of your favorite uh, things that you've learned that not only through helping like many different people through different walks of life, but stuff that you've applied directly to yourself and all of the most effective tools, like the stuff that's worked the best. And you've put them basically in this book. Yeah. So chapter by chapter, peel away the onion, find your core issue re-identify who you are, what your wants and desires are, shift your perceptions and, you know, become a new beginner and start a new voyage in life. Like really that's what it's all about. And you can do that with things that are small and large. So you can go through this book many different times over again at different junctures in your life. Totally. And it's funny because one I wasn't even going to bring this up so soon, but speaking of like the mystical, which this is not, I wouldn't say it's a mystical book. It's very practical and it can be basically like um, an accessible form of therapy. However, I bet you could use it as an oracle if you wanted to literally just open to any page. Our self-judgment is the biggest barrier to our friendship with ourselves. Well, Boom. you know, what, right. what, so what's it's like, what do you need to hear in any given moment? Right? I actually created an Oracle deck to go with this. <laughs> Speaking so, of. It's, so it's not out yet, but all the cards are done. I'm just, you know, that's, that's so me funny. needing to get through the, I want to write a, a, a book with it, but there's uh, the nine chapters to the book. And then, so each of it is the Oracle deck takes you through 
the the chapters are kind of I I, I merge the the principles of like uh, the shadow work and the light and dark attributes like Carolyn Mace which was based on Carl Jung's um, work in psychology and then I took it and I use some of the modern tarot or the major arcana and the minor arcana right and so you have these different chapters um, that. You know, the major arcana are the chapter titles, right? right. And, and, and you look at that and you kind of, you can use it as this therapy in a card deck or to give yourself insight over a situation. Each of the minor arcana um, in, in, the, in the deck are, the, they have it, uh, a, a forward and a reverse. Now, it's not necessarily one's negative and one's positive, like in the traditional tarot, that the the opposite or the upside down and the reverse tend to be more negative in nature or a little bit more pessimistic or, you know, like kind of like the problems. That's not how this is, It's but, but it's rather a word, you know, so it could be like ego and God, right? Right. And, and, and it looks at these different aspects. And we'll put, throw a couple like images so you guys can see that and those will be coming out soon. But that's funny you should say that. <laughs> well, I, it's just interesting because like you were saying, you know, why not do everything? Why not be playful? Why not be open? And so you never felt like you had to box yourself into either conventional therapy or, well, I'm woo-woo or I'm conventional. It's like you're like, no, I'm like literally just a little of this, a little of that. I'm hybrid. And so you've created basically like a mystical, like there's a mystical element to any Oracle deck, mm -hmm. but you've created a mystical tool that has like really practical therapeutic, um, oh, yeah. like information <laughs> that you can use. So that's really cool. And then, I don't know, I mean, bibliomancy, I think, which is, or bibliomancy is like what they say when you open any book and just, you know, use it as an Oracle. So maybe if I can remember at the end of the podcast, we'll open this and see what message is there for oh, like, um, I love that. for that. But, um, I wanted to ask you, as somebody that's been super busy with multiple businesses, like multiple brick and mortar stores, and then like literally any number of other endeavors popping off at any moment. Like I never know. I'm like, what's Christina up to today? Um, but why did you write the book? Because it's a lot of energy to put into a product like this when you have so much else going on. So Okay, so the, why I wrote this book is if we backtrack, you know, I said that this was like six, seven years ago, you know, so there's there's some new tools that have been added to this that I, I do plan on doing a series of books, uh, liberate your health, liberate your wealth, mm -hmm. liberate, you know, to look at like these sub areas that people have. And I really look at the eight kind of elements of like a pie chart of what's important to you. It's in the book uh, towards the end. You'll see you'll have to do your own wheel of life and rate the different categories of your life from your health to your relationships and to all of this stuff and see where it goes. But huh. so more to come on that. Um, but why did I write it is that, uh, so if we, we backtrack about six, seven years ago, I was at that point, uh, and I, I only say this, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's, I don't mean to come off as like bragging or anything like that, but I was a pretty sought off after uh, hypnotherapist and, and, and I would see about 40 clients a week booked out two to four weeks ahead of time. And so my client load, I mean, sometimes I would do six to eight sessions in a day, you know, sometimes, I mean, I would do 60 sessions in a week. Uh, it was it, it was insane, and you know, and I was also at that time I was throttling between also being at um, 
an outpatient rehab facility. So I was running groups and different things like that. And I, I got to the point where I said, there's so many people I was helping, but I wanted to do more. And I was noticing the impact and I stopped and, and I said to myself, well, when are people most, um, you know, I, I said, what's the number one issue with people? And I said, the inability to be their self. And I said, well, when are people naturally feel comfortable in their own skin? And, and I sat with that and I said, wow, when people are either traveling or in nature, there's this childlike uh, energy and this comfortability. People like, you know, when they're in vacation in a different country or a different town, they ask for directions, they're comfortable in their own skin, they're just being their self. You pop somebody in nature on a hiking trail or at wherever for, you know, a certain period of time, maybe 15 minutes, and suddenly they're comfortable in their own skin. And so I didn't know nothing about tech at that point. And I said, okay, well, you know what? This was during the, the beginning of the, or middle of the tech craze. And I said, well, what if I did something and created something that helped people travel more and be in nature more? And so then I saw, I, I went on this journey to create a social networking, itinerary planning software for outdoor adventure and travel. Well, you can expect that that started to be quite an endeavor <laughs> and uh um that right. led me to i mean i was flying around the united states i was taking meetings i was actually working with jeff hoffman who uh posted this he founded priceline and so he was one of my mentors and he was really helping out with that and uh um, looking at how do we make this the next big tech play. There's more to that. I ended up getting really sick and had to put, kind of put a pin in it. And then now COVID hit, everything like that. So, you know, that's, that's there. But with that being said, I was feeling a lot of um, energy that I didn't want to just abandon the work that I had been doing for years in the therapeutic sense. And it was kind of like this process to myself of saying, well, what if I created a step-by-step -step approach of what I do with clients regularly so that they can have the results without needing to see me, you know, and they can go through it themselves. And so I worked on creating this book for that reason. And that allowed me to feel good about stepping away from doing therapy and stepping more into the tech play. However, there was a little problem and never published it right away, <laughs> but, but that's, that's where that came from. So I sat okay. there and I went, really went through, I was like, if somebody wasn't to see me and they were just gonna do this book, could I get them to have the same results of transforming their life? And that's where the, it's the step-by-step -step approach. Beautiful. Um, so with everything that's in here and all of these different steps, I'm curious too, so we know a little bit about what you've been up to in recent years and all of the different endeavors that you have popping, but like, I want to hear a little bit about where you came from, like little Christina growing up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, like many siblings, I think on a farm, is this right? <laughs> or next to a farm, like, you know, building skate ramps, trying to figure out how to like, how stuff works. And just like, you've always been, from what I know about, you've always been a doer, yeah. right? And so if you had something that you wanted to do, like you just like popped in there and started figuring it out, you know, but your background is, you know, you, you don't come from like the big city, you come from, so tell me a little bit about where you came from and how 
what is the root of how you even got like got interested in healing and wellness and like self-improvement and how did you sorry there's so many questions in one thing but yeah you um, said trying to you said that the biggest issue that people have is the inability to be themselves mm -hmm. so what is the root of that that realization in your own life okay yeah, yeah. um so many questions so let's let's backtrack <laughs> a little bit here uh yeah so like you were mentioning, I grew up in a city called Kenosha, Wisconsin. Most people didn't know of it until um, the recent political type of energy that, that went there. And there was um, uh, definitely some uh, BLM uh, protests and things like that and kind of put Kenosha on mm -hmm. the map. Um, as far as, you know, not in a, in a good light, but it's a smaller town. It's in the uh, southeast corner of Wisconsin. And, but it is nestled between two larger cities of Kenosha and Milwaukee. And with that being said, I grew up in, you know, I was a big family, but in a smaller town. I was in, Kenosha's not tiny, but where I grew up was in the county. And so, you know, we had like a couple, like maybe two or three neighbors right next to us. And then our nearest neighbor was a mile and a half down the road and surrounded by farm fields and in all the different areas. We had a little barn ourselves. I think when I'm the youngest of six. So when my when my older sisters were younger, we had a little bit more barn animals and those kind of things. But my dad just uh, pretty much had a garden when I was growing up, not all the animals. I mean, we did have a pet goose that bit our butts and things like that you know when the horrifying things of sometimes going around the corner and seeing like I don't know like some kind of animal hanging from the tree because it, you thought it was your pet oh my gosh <laughs> we'll cut that part well <laughs> oh, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about like the farm okay um anyways uh so yeah I mean I think I being the youngest of six uh my there's an 18 year age gap between me and my oldest sister. Okay, then everybody else is in between. And my two sisters right above me, I'm not close with and the other ones uh, were are so much older. So like, just to give you a reference, when I was going to kindergarten, the second oldest sister was going to college, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, like my parents also, you know, bless them, but they were kind of checked out. I was not like expected i think they were done with kids so you know by the time they had me they were like you know you do you you know it was kind of <laughs> like the thing my dad worked second shift my my mom was overwhelmed my two older sisters were that are right above me were a handful one of them has mental illness and the other one was just really like a bad kid and so um i uh i went and i did adventures you know, like my thing was I would take ice skates and sometimes the farm fields would freeze over and there would be some water and I would ice skate for miles and then get on a river and just go. And we had a pond in the backyard and I would do that. And then like in the summertime, like I would, you know, go and think about like, how do I build a raft or how do I do this? And I would always be thinking of things. And I would go down to like the gas stations and take empty milk jugs because I realized they could float. And then I'd put it on like driftwood and I, I built a ramp, I mean, not a ramp, a raft. And I would, and I was like, wow, this thing floats with all these empty milk jugs underneath. And I made an oar and like, you know, I would do these weird things. And I'm talking about when I was like, like 
eight years old, you know, I'd be sitting there like, you know, riding my bike down to the gas stations miles away to collect milk jugs so I can make a raft, you know, like, and so I think my mind was always like, never did I ever say you can't do something. It was always like, how can I make this happen? How can I figure this out? And I think that that has continued to be part of my personality and my identity, you know, and it wasn't like I never looked at my situation and say, poor me, poor me, poor me, look at this or that. I was just more like, well, what can I figure out and do? What am I going to do with my time? You know, we didn't really have TV or other stuff. So I was always just adventure and creating and taking the world around me and you know, like one time I irrigated a river system and made a like a waterfall and had this beautiful pond with like like fish in it. And like the, it was just the weirdest crap I would do as a kid. But I was always out there from sunrise to sunset, building something, doing something in nature. And I think that, you know, but I always like I wanted to get away. You know, there was. Uh, I wanted, and I wanted to seek more. It was interesting. There was a, there was a, uh, in the middle part when my two older sisters kind of started to get really bad, um, I kind of started to live with friends throughout like middle school and high school. And I was always involved in sports and stuff, but like I kind of just ended up like on school nights and stuff, sleeping at friends' houses. And like my friends' houses kind of became my family. And, uh, and, and with that being said, my friend's parents kind of like adopted me as a second child or a third child or fourth, whatever there was in their family. And one parent, uh, one set of parents, my, uh, friend Kara's parents, who I stayed with all the time, they got me this palm tree necklace because they knew I always dreamed of like going down vacation somewhere with a Aww. palm tree. And like, cause we never, we were poor we didn't go on vacations anywhere, right. you know? So I never mm-hmm. got to go to like Florida or California, but I always said one day, you know, um, I'm going to go somewhere. And, uh, me and Tara were obsessed with the TV show, uh, the OC. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And so, and then the, the, this palm tree, but anyways, I said, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go and move somewhere with a palm tree. And I ended up going to, uh, undergrad a little bit in, in California. Then I moved to Florida and I t- tested them both out. Then I finished undergrad in, in Wisconsin and I ended up venturing back out to California again. So long, that's a long winded answer, but that's how I ended up a palm tree around my neck as a gift from Tara Scalzo's parents was what got me to California. (laughs) I think that's such a beautiful, it's it's nice to know the details of somebody. Like it's, it's, that's kind of like the little magical mundane pieces that are like woven through someone, Mm -hmm. someone's identity, you know? And we never get to see glimpses of those, those scenes that lie inside you um, because we like know so much about the outer. So thank you for sharing that actually. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious about Um, I know I asked you so many questions at once, but the biggest problem that people have is their inability to be themselves. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like being, being quote unquote, like stuck or (laughs) back in Kenosha, like was trapping you from being yourself? Is that like part of how that, like just basically that whole concept of that being an issue that people struggle with, that must've maybe been an issue that you struggled with. And I'm just curious if you would have more to say on what your own journey was with that particular spiritual or life lesson. Oh, absolutely. So 
you know, the inability to be yourself, I don't think there's anybody that can escape that, you know? And so growing up, as I mentioned, in, in, a, in a bigger family, uh, you know, five older sisters, parents, you know, kind of like a trigger happy dad that would just go from, you know, one to volcano burial in two <laughs> seconds, you know, and kind of having that dysfunction around, right? Is I learned at a young age that I just swallowed and was status quo, right? And so my voice wasn't ever heard because my voice didn't matter, you know? And, and it was like, if, if I spoke of like, where do I, what do I want to eat? It doesn't matter. Where do I want to go? It doesn't matter. You know, if I speak up on something, you know, and I think I like, I really got it one time. Like we went home, it was my parents' 50th wedding anniversary and I flew home for it. I'm an adult, I own multiple businesses. I'm like, you know, I have all these employees. I go back home. And so, so anytime you go back into a, an environment, you kind of go back into this thing. And so it's been a while, you know, I'm there. And, and I remember we're sitting there and we're supposed to be making these collages of pictures for this like 50th wedding anniversary. And like, I'm like this and I'm like, like, is it okay if I cut this picture to my sisters? Like, it was just like, and I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? But you know, like you go back into the thing, but in that environment, like I felt like I didn't have a voice, right? And even like if I stayed over at friends' houses, it was like I'm the guest in their house. So like it's it's always about like, yeah. you know, hyper aware of everybody else's needs and unaware of my own needs or wants or mm -hmm. desires. So, you know, I still have that as, a, as an issue that I work through. You know, it's, it's not like one, one, two, everything's always good. I mean, and you wouldn't want it to be anyways because you want something to create friction, to create motion in your life, right? Mm -hmm. So this isn't like all of a sudden you go through something and you're 100% healed and you're happy for life. Like, <laughs> there's always gonna be something to work through or work on. There's always another layer, right? There's always another level. And yeah. And so I say that, you know, even if I write these books and help all these people, it doesn't mean that I don't have my own stuff to work through, right? If you like this content, make sure that you like, subscribe, and comment below. And we also have amazing link right there for some cool product. I know you want to check it out. I know you want to click it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Come on. You can do it. All right. Until next time, have a beautiful, blessed day. So I say that, you know, even if I write these books and help all these people, it doesn't mean that I don't have my own stuff to work through, right? And, um... So with that being said, that's one of my things. And then I realized that, you know, my inability to receive, right? You know, because I was always that fly on the wall. I, I, I needed to let somebody give to me, do for me, be for me. And I still struggle with that. Like in my intimate relationships with anything like that, you know, there's, there's that struggle uh, of it. But I think for a while I, I wanted to feel worthy and seen that I actually went to the opposite side with the pendulum, right? Okay. You know, so in my early 20s, I was like, okay, I want to be seen. And so seen for that was like, well, what if I'm seen for my appearance? What if I'm seen for my looks? And so some people don't know this about me, but like I then ended up modeling for Playboy and I did all this other stuff. And so I went to like this, like, let me get this validation over here. And then I realized, that's all fake and an illusion and delusion too. And that wasn't fulfilling. So then I found my center back of like just authenticity, which normally happens for people, right? They it's go a from, journey. They go like this yeah. and then they find what feels like comfortable. 
they have to experience the contrast. They're yeah. like, okay, what does it look like to not be doing or experiencing the same thing? Oftentimes you're seeking the opposite experience, right? And then you have, you're like, oh, okay, that, this is what this is like. Now we can see whatever parts of this is <laughs> dysfunctional. Let's like find what works, yeah. right? But you have to have the full experience so you can make that choice, mm -hmm. right? So that's, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and you're saying it's not like you're totally fixed or enlightened or done, like none of us are, right? But well, and then it, it's kind of like, I look at, I look at healing like a whack-a-mole. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, like, and, and you, you, you like concentrate and you say, okay, I need to work on this. And then you put all this energy towards this and you kind of push the whack-a-mole down and then, and then something else pops up over here. And then you go, okay, I'm going to get this. And then bing, right? You know, it, it, it's always the case. It's like somebody puts like extra attention into like their health, right? And then maybe their relationship is suffering because all the extra attention is going to their health and well-being. Or maybe they go into the relationship and then and then maybe their health or their finances start struggling. Or maybe then this happens. And you know, and so we're constantly playing this balance. But the beauty of it is that the balance can become easier and easier, and you can just feel the expansion and the triggers become less and less because then you just say, okay, as part of life, this is a new challenge. What is this? How is this serving me? What do I get to learn from this? What is the new opportunity for growth here? Mm -hmm. Instead of like, I think at the very beginning when people start a healing journey, they're, they're in a lot of pain and anguish and they, they feel that trauma or that, that, that trigger so, so personal to themselves. Right. And then I think as you continue to evolve, you take it less personal. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have an effect on you, but you see the value in it. And in the value of it, it's like, okay, you know, when somebody goes running or let's say they're lifting a weight, right? A good analogy of that is like, you see the value of doing the last curl that you can't really do, right? Or holding that posture for another minute on a plank pose to work on your abs. You know the value, it's torturous. And it's, it's painful, but you know that the outcome is beneficial. And then you don't dread it, you don't hinder it, you don't like fight it, you actually embrace it and wanna go through it. Yeah, experience gives you that gift, right? And it, it sounds like a lot of what you're talking about is mindset, basically, which like at least for me, I found is really a practice, right? So it's like, um, and as you're talking about whack-a-mole, I always think about like, um, it's a spiral and you see it in a lot of spiritual books and concepts is like you go in a circle, but it's kind of like a spiral. So you're a little further along each time, but you're still often have to revisit or remind yourself, but you're just in a different, you're in a different place because of the more experience that you've had. You're able to see things more clearly or you're able to, you know, there's certain alchemy basically that's taken place. Like some of your rough edges have been a little bit more sanded down yeah. over time. And so like, I'm imagining that you still practice a lot of what's in this book, right? So like any given moment, whatever mole is popping up in your life out of the ground um, and challenging you in some way, you're able to apply, you're still using these tools. Is mm -hmm. that right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, exactly. So it's like, um, 
Do you have like a practice? Do you have to remind, I, I call it spiritual amnesia because I have all my little tools too. It's like you have this aha moment and then like you go back to sleep and you have to like, you know, um, sort of practice the mindset. Like it's a mindset, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the time it's just shifting your perspective. And I think you talk about perspective a lot yeah. in this book. And so, because I think that yeah. it's, a, it's the foundation of it. It's not, it's not what's really going on. It's how you perceive something. And the moment that you can shift a perception, you can shift your reality, you can shift your state, and you can shift your life, right? You know, but it's really true. It, and it all starts with what you perceive, you know, whether, whether you're, you know, you think you can or you think you can't, either way you're right. right. But it's also like, you know, if there's a situation that goes on, and let's say it's a two-way conversation, and relationships or people in your life, whether friendships, co colleagues, interactions, whatever, or intimate, it's, you know, there's your side of the story, there's their side of the story, and then there's what's really happened. And even in that what's really happened, there's so many angles of perception within it. Mm -hmm. so, so, you know, like you can be watching, and I, I think I might even give this analogy in the book, but you can be watching some experience go on and there's five people witnessing this experience and this exchange between two people and one person doesn't even notice, one person laughs at it, one person gets super upset, one person gets emotional. Why is it that all of these individuals are having a very different experience witnessing something, mm -hmm. right? Because it's not the, the experience that's doing it, it's your perception that's causing yeah. a reaction, you know? One, somebody thinks it's hilarious. Maybe they have this perception that, you know, that this, I don't know, whatever, right? One person that's triggering to them, one person that's triggering to them in an emotional way, one in, a, in an angry way, one in a, you know, when they're indifferent, they could care less. They've seen it a million times or whatever the case they're may be. They're shut down to it. They're, they're numb. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One, maybe there's so much in their head that they don't even, you know, even notice it, right? But Totally. It, but mm -hmm. when you can get there, because we get so caught up in our story. And the story is what will literally cause misery or joy. What story do you wanna tell yourself? And even in your past, it can be a story of being triumphant or it can be a story of being a victim. It can be a story of betrayal or it can be a story of opportunity to expand and move forward, right? But these stories, will literally shape your life. Yeah, so this is a tool to basically interrupt, to help you interrupt the old story that you've been playing. Um, and it's interesting too, because like there's different, each chapter has a different, um, different lesson, basically like a different, you know, different steps. But like, even if you go through the whole book, you can revisit things and have them just like wake you up in whole new ways. And it's like, at any given time in your life, you may need a different shift in perspective, right? Like mm -hmm. I always say, like, I've got like a whole, bag of spiritual tools as well, but I need different things at different times. Yeah. And um, you cover so much in here that there really is something for every single point, I feel feel like, or, uh, you know, when yeah. I when I was helping you go through this and just, I was like, damn, this is really good. This is helping me today. <laughs> like, I was like, this is just what I needed to hear <laughs> like today, you know, but um, so speaking, to speak to that, um, out of all of the all of the tools and different ways to shift perspective and interrupt problematic 
old beliefs and stories and help you open up to new possibilities and new stories, um, what tool resonates with you personally the most today? Because I know it could be different one tomorrow, but like, you know. So like, I mean, to shift the story and to get out of your mind, honestly, one of the things that is simple as it is, is I like to say, you know, you got to get out of your head. Right. And so most of the time, what I find that works for me is get out of my head and get into my body. Right. And how do I do that is I tend to either like go for a walk, take a yoga class, like, you know, do something that moves me. And in that, you know, you shift because your mind has something different to focus on. Your body is now moving and then you can create that space to not have the avalanche effect mm. because that avalanche effect is what is causing, you know, like, I mean, everybody that's listening, you've had the avalanche effect. You have one thought and then that, let's say if you're thinking about a person that irritates you, right? Or they did something mm. wrong to you, then, <laughs> then, then that one thing is going to turn into this other thing that's going to yeah. turn into this other thing. And then pretty soon you're remembering everything that they've ever done wrong to you of the course of the, your whole history of knowing this individual. And that's all you can think of. And what started out as this little tiny one thing has now caused this adverse reaction in your, in where you feel angry, you feel rage, you feel like a, like betrayed. You've been there, right? You've been there. Today, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and so you've got to cut off yeah. the avalanche, right? You've got to stop it and to stop it. The easiest way, and it's actually an NLP technique is break your state. And you can break wow. your state by stepping up, by stretching, by doing something, by going for a walk, by taking a breath, by listening to music, by anything, but you have to stop that from going because once that avalanche, it starts out as a snowball, right? And a snowball rolls down the mountain, but what does the snowball do when it's rolling down the mountain? It gathers more snow. And the more it goes down, the more snow it gathers, and it becomes this bigger ball and bigger ball and bigger ball. You gotta squish the snowball before it becomes so powerful that there's nothing you can do when suddenly your whole day is ruined because the avalanche has hit. Mm -hmm. or, be or before you say or do something that you're later going to regret, right? Yeah. Because that normally is what happens. You blow something out of proportion in your mind, then you take action, and then it causes a bigger tension and upheaval in your life and the dynamics, you know? You get caught up in it. Yeah, I yeah. even did that recently with a vendor. You get yeah. caught up in it, and I was like, Rah! Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so, I mean, I have to stop myself too, you know, like there's a, a, a but getting into the practice of knowing practice. that and saying, okay, I know where this is leading me. Right. And it isn't a good place. <laughs> and it's not going to help. So let me do yeah. something different. Yeah. It's like having a tool that you can literally turn to because we get overwhelmed in those states, or at least I speak for myself. It's a state of overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Like you may even be like, this is not good. But like somehow in the moment you're so worked up, your nervous system is so activated. You actually don't even care. You're like, whatever. Like, um, so having a tool and there's so many great tools out there, but I feel like this book is something that you can turn to, to, um, like put into practice, like a mindset shift, 
which is really, really powerful. Having something that you can pick up and be like, I need help now. Like, and then you're like, okay, yes. Like this is, um, I can see clearly what's going on. And it's interesting because sometimes we do need to stop something, right? Like interrupting basically that avalanche or interrupting that pattern. What did you call it? Changing your state. Mm -hmm. But also so much of this book is focused on um, opening to possibility. So it's not just like stopping um, an old story, but it's like, you're not just like focused on the negative or what you don't want. You're actually like literally interrupting that pattern by opening to what else is possible. And I think that that's like, honestly, my favorite thing about you as like a founder of a business. And um, I've known you for a kind of a long time now. I think like we met maybe six years ago. So to me, that's kind of long. Like I met Mm -hmm. you right after I, I lived here. And or moved here and you really live that way. Like you're always, you're so open. You're always trying new things. You're never boxed in Mm. and um, you're always out of your comfort zone. And I think you're really good at that. You do have a natural talent for it, but it doesn't mean that it's easy for you. Yeah. Um, And so you're the perfect person to really be able to walk somebody else through what this is like. Cause she really does live this way every day. Like, I mean, constantly like, okay, here's a, here's something that's popping up or this isn't going to work. Let's try this. Or, uh, like even with Hollywood closing, you're like, okay, like that wasn't easy for you, Mm -hmm. but you've opened a new store already. And so there's, you never let like things that have gotten in your way have the final word. And so, yeah, I just really want to make that point that I've like observed this person that's sitting here, uh, literally like walking the talk. Uh, And again, it doesn't mean that you don't refer and practice what's in this book all the time because we always need the reminders, you know. Absolutely. Um, But mm -hmm. on that, with what you're saying, though, with through the book, it's, you know, really to summarize it, it's identifying, you know, understanding yourself better, seeing what issues might be underneath the surface that are causing or hindering or creating obstacles in your life. And then working to shifting your perception and then opening you up to your truth and what do you want to do? And then and then and then giving you the courage and the strength to take those steps and to leap. Right. Mm -hmm. And because I think that that's a big thing. Like, I mean, one of the chapters is literally every expert was once a beginner. Right. You know, it's it's doesn't matter where you're at. Right. It does not matter. I mean, like I had, a, I had one client, he was in his late 60s, and um, uh, I think it's referenced in the book, I don't remember exact exact age, but he was older, and uh, he wanted to go back to school. Mm. And he ended up, you know, so after the session, he ends up going and uh, going to the, uh, going to get information and go to the community college and see what it would be like to sign up for school. And we had another session the following week, and I say, how did it go? And he said, well, I got there, and I um, parked, and then I didn't get out of the car because everybody was so young, and I felt like an old, and I can't do this, and, you know, I'm too old for this. And the story was running through his head, and we worked through it, kind of empowered him, 
And then he ended up going back and signing up for class. And then the beautiful thing about it is he actually used that as a strength. And he was like, he, he, he later, you know, check in a few weeks or like into school semester and stuff like that. And he's like, it's actually so great. Some of these people aren't even realizing the value of the education before them. And I'm sitting there making all the notes and I'm retaining everything because I really want to be there and yada, yada, yada. And it was like, you know, what was once what he thought was his disadvantage became his advantage. And he realized that, you know, it's okay. You know, it's okay to be exactly where you are at. And he got through that and graduated and everything like that. But I mean, like started a whole new career in his sixties, you know, like, but you know, had to work through that belief system that, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm too old for this. Look at all these young kids. And then this isn't me, you know, like, but it's not about that. It's where you're at and it's where do you want to go? Because you can't compare everybody's outsides to your insides. This is your own individual journey. This is your own walk of life. This is your story. Nobody else's story. You're the main character in your own book of life. You're, you know, not only the main character, you're the writer and the director acting out your scenes. Everybody else in your existence is supporting roles in your own movie. And when you realize that, you can stop worrying about what everybody else thinks and say, what do I wanna do? How do I wanna operate? How, what story do I wanna tell? Do I like the movie of my life that is playing or is it boring or dull or unexciting to me or unfulfilling to me? And then if you say any of those things, guess what? You hold the key to change it. So if you hold the key to change it, say, how do I make it more interesting? What do I want to write? You know, it doesn't mean that it happens overnight, but it happens effort one step at a time. You know, I mean, I love Tony Robbins. And he always says, mm-hmm. you know, everybody underestimates what they will do in 10 years, you know? And so maybe now you might say, oh, this or where you want to go. But if you put in a little thing, you know, look at how fast, I mean, even this COVID window, we're two and a half years in almost, we're going on our three three years in a few months, you know, like, and, and that went like that. I feel like I'm getting a coaching session, like what, just listening to her right now. I'm like, oh, the, like the wheels in my own head and like the stuff that's going on in my own, like, yes, tell me more. <laughs> like, oh my God, no, it's so true. And everything that you just said, like I'm really personally, um, is really helping me right now, so thank you for that. <laughs> oh, um, it was a download for you. And yeah, else huge download it. for me. I'm like, you're so right. Um, is there? I know that you've shared a little bit about like some passages in the book, but I'm like, do you have a favorite? You know, my part? favorite part is really about making life a game. You're such a playful person. You know, like I, 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 I have to say <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's the last chapter, you know, but it's about playing with life and enjoying it and not taking things seriously. Um, you know, we even, even if you're doing serious work, add play to it. You know, all we have to do is live and die, you know, like everything that happens in between. You know, like even if you're going through a very serious matter, can you do it with a level of a lightheartedness? Is it something that you're even going to remember or have an impact on your life a few months from now, a few years from now? Like, why does it need to weigh so heavy on your heart? Or can you find some enjoyment in it? Can you find some lightheartedness in it? Can you find some, you know, laughter, right? You can be, you know, 
I don't know, being audited by the IRS and still have fun with it. You know, like you can. That you, is true, actually. You know, you can you Wouldn't can be in the middle people. of a legal battle. You can do whatever it is. You can be like renovating a thing. You can be, you know, in the midst of finals in school. You can be like really trying to figure out how to push your business or your or or advance to the next level in your career, and you can still have fun with it. In fact, most of the time when people are playing a game, if you've ever played a game and you've really immersed yourself in it, I would guarantee you perform better. You perform better. If you've ever played, if anybody's ever played a sport, you know that to be true. When you're fully immersed in it and you're you're playing in that game, you're doing better, you're on point with maybe your shots or your kicks or whatever the case may be. You're even playing a board game and you're fully in it and you're having fun. You're laughing. You're still like playing. You're doing better. Yeah. Because you actually take it all in. Right? Yeah. And so if we played a little bit more, it didn't take ourselves so goddamn too seriously and had all of this. One, the conflicts would be, you know, you just laugh at the crap that we go on and the, the stuff that affects us. And you just like, you know, is it really that serious, you know? And it's about having the choice to actually uh, give yourself permission to do that perspective shift. So it's not like... Like, you're not dismissing any of the challenges or even the difficult emotions. Like, you will have anger or sadness or different, like, unsavory emotions come up. And a lot of the book, like, takes you through that very seriously. But the last chapter is reserved for this, like... And by the way, also, in addition to that, there's another kind of perspective shift. And you have the choice of thinking about things with lightheartedness, with playfulness, as a game. And that's just another option that you have. And it's a really, really powerful point. Yeah. And, and you know, in, in bigger, like if you pull into spiritual principles and stuff like that, like the higher level spiritual disciples and higher level, uh, you know, monks or priests or whomever at at like the higher levels in these spiritual teachings they're always talking about life isn't too serious even the biggest challenges in life so i think that that's the ultimate level to try to get to and it doesn't mean i mean i struggle with it too and it's a lifelong practice Practice. but when you can get to that point and i think that that comes with wisdom right when you see somebody and and you realize you know in in I'm sure anybody, you have this wisdom with yourself to a certain level, no matter where you're at. Like, let's say if you talk to somebody that's eight years old or 10 years old and they tell you their problems that they're facing with so much energy, so much emotion, so much this, and you just smile and you know it's part of them growing up. Yeah. And, and, you, and you kind of like, you have this lightheartedness about knowing that, you know, it's that higher perspective. You think about that. So if you can have that feeling with an eight-year-old, a ten-year-old, even a even a fourteen-year-old that's thinking, you know, they fall for somebody for the first time, they have this thing, and you know, and you can just yeah. literally smile at them, and you can know exactly what they're going through, but you have it and you face it with this lightheartedness and almost this like laughter of like it's part of life, you know. Yeah, you're in your process. Yeah, you Let's know, allow like, and trust you know, that. Like, and, and, you yeah. know, it's, it's not saying that you want, you know, your little niece or your nephew or daughter or son or whatever to like have anything struggles, but you understand that it's okay. 
And actually, that um, it grows there. It grows them too. Yeah, but imagine if you could have that same perception for anything you're going through, and you understand it's okay. You know, anything you're going through, you understand it's okay. And that same lightheartedness that you would do to somebody that's maybe a younger age bracket, right? Mm -hmm. And with the wisdom that you have, having went through that. So it's this wisdom of life that you realize, you know what? This is just the same as this, the same as this. We're just figuring out solutions, moving through life. And that, if you can reread that game part over and over again until you get that in your life. I'm like, I need this book so bad right now. <laughs> like everything in the book. <laughs> I'm like, I need to go home today and read the game part. <laughs> Um, because we can get become so serious, you know, oh. and, and it's fine to be there. It's fine to be what? there and you can have compassion for yourself while you're there. But it's nice to be reminded that there is actually another way that you can choose to see things. And like one of the more powerful um, light bulb moments, which I had years ago and still have to remind myself of because I get amnesia and I forget it, is that sometimes like I'll be anxious about something. And then I realize I'm like, my anxiety is not actually protecting me from the thing I'm worried about. Like having the anxiety is not helping. Like it's actually not protecting me. Oh, and, and, so, and it's not, on that note, and, and having the anxiety also isn't helping you to do the thing either, oh, right? In a graceful not. way. It causes sometimes uh, problems, it causes mistakes, it causes whatever. But you know, if you, when you're in that zone. Yeah, so, yeah, this last chapter is calling my name really big. I wanted to see if there's anything else, like you're always the interviewer. This is about your book, your accomplishment. You've created, there's so many, like there's so many more um, things that Christina has going on. She has these two brick and mortar centers. If you're visiting in LA or you live here, please come through. There's so much of what's in this book that is reflected in a physical experience. When you mm -hmm. walk through the door here, there's a million different tools. It's playful, it's lighthearted. There are great practitioners. There are great events. There's a lot of stuff that you have brewing that I hope people will check out at liberateyourself.com, listening to the yeah. podcast, following us on our social media. but. You know, it's not that often that we get to hear you. Um, I really want to like shine the big spotlight on you and just ask if there's anything more in your heart that you want to share today. I, I mean, the biggest thing is if, if this is touching anybody and you feel that you haven't been living 100% in your truth or you've been bogged down by maybe some emotional baggage from the past or some old wounds that are inside, I have to say that no, you can change. Things can shift. Your whole life can look different six months from now, a year from now. And as quick or as short of a period as you wish, like really you can transform. I've seen it thousands of times in individuals um, and I know it can happen for you. So I, I would say, you know, take the first step whatever that is inside of you to really look at you because it's through awareness is the first step of change. If you're unaware that you're unaware, then you're not making any movement. But if you're aware that there's something, but maybe you're even unaware of what it is, maybe the book will help you. Maybe it will shine it some will, aware, will. awareness on that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you can get into being aware 
of what needs to be changed, which is actually the third step of, of change. You know, so right now at this point, if you're having this, you're already on step two, hmm. right? And so let that be the discovery of what it is. And once you're aware of it, that's step three. And then it's doing something differently to create a different result. And that is step four, which is the change being implemented. So, you know, you're not as far off as you think. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, I feel like I got what I needed today and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that other people did too. Um, would well, you do us the honor of a quick uh, oracle from your book? Just read, like oh, no, open no, it no. up. I'll have you do it. Cause you are, are you doing sure? it. Yeah, you can do it. All right. Okay, let's see. Arrogance, interesting. Okay. You don't trust anybody except yourself. That's why you believe you're always right. What's so wrong with that? If you don't trust anybody, that means you always protect yourself and depend upon yourself. You believe you must be self-sufficient and completely independent. That means holding yourself responsible for your actions. Is that really so bad? Holding yourself accountable, being responsible, allowing yourself to always be on top of everything in your own life that's actually a great characteristic to possess. Don't you wish more people were like that? Um, should I keep reading or? Uh, I'll read a little okay. bit more. So we if you throw a party and ask someone to bring the wine, you'll make sure you bring six bottles because you won't trust that they'll do it or that they'll do it right. Oh my God. If you're planning a trip, you'll make all the arrangements because you don't think your girlfriend will follow through. If someone says they'll pick you up from the airport, you line up a taxi just in case. You always make sure you're taken care of and are never left out of anything. And you always get where you need to go and you always take responsibility for yourself. So essentially, like I think even though there's a lot more going on in this chapter, it's under the title of arrogance. And so there's a light there and a shadow there. Like yeah, the word is arrogance, so that doesn't sound good. Like you can see the problems inherent within this, but you're also getting people to understand where it comes from and that it can be a positive characteristic in certain applications, is that correct? Absolutely, so where you're reading from in this page is these are identifying your core issues. Mm -hmm. And with everything there is, it's, it's, it's a defense mechanism that serves you in some way, shape or form, right? Right. So everything has a positive. I'm, I firmly subscribe to the idea that this world is based on duality. There's an up, there's a down, there's a left, there's a right, there's a good and there's a bad to everything. And that means for every bad, there is the ability to see some light in it. But also for every good, when overused, there is the shadow side. And so that kind of plays into the cards and the yes. card deck on that. But what this is teaching is to identify where this core issue is and how this might play out into your life. And so having the core of arrogance as a core issue, these are some things that you might notice that you do on a regular basis. You might line up that taxi, you might bring the extra wine, you might do these other things because you do not trust. And in that, you, you are constantly over preparing um, and feeling like you can only rely on yourself, right? Gee, I but, wonder why I pulled this, <laughs> pulled this card. <laughs> ah, yeah, you know, who knows? We'll get into that, that later. But thank you, everybody. <laughs> I hope that everybody loves this. Please 
Buy a copy. <laughs> buy a copy. And where can they get it? You can buy it on Amazon. You can also you can do the Kindle if you prefer to have it on Kindle. You can buy it at either one of the Liberate stores. I think it might end up being in like Target or something too. But for right now, that's where it is. Amazon, Liberate, Kindle. Let's see where it goes. Thanks, Christina. I love you a lot. And yeah, everyone, much love. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this conversation, please like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want to hear more about what we have going on and happening online or in, in the neighborhood, check out liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Uh, also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Liberate Yourself. It's you are self, you are S E L F. Until next time, be powerful, be magical, and be free.